I am back yet again, Dr. Ashley Dash, founder of National Black Man Day. I am so excited to have Mr. Brian Gant on the platform. He is a man of so many talents. One talent in particular he has is writing. And just a little secret between you and I, it's generational, okay? So we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Again, I cannot wait. So you guys pull up a chair, you know, go ahead and get comfortable, but not too comfortable. Get ready to take some notes and have some gems because we have Mr. Gant coming to the stage right now. And thank you for that wonderful introduction, Dr. Dash. And ladies and gentlemen, we have here with us, Mr. Brian Gant. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, brother, and I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you here, man. So the first question I have for you is, who is Brian Gant? Uh, Brian Gant, to some people, you know, they'll say a jokester. To some people, will say a big teddy bear. Some people will say a grizzly. But Brian Gant, that my mother knows, uh, I'm full of energy, full of full of ideas, full of talent, and just can't hold him back. You got to let him go. So that's who I am. I'm a go-getter. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, a go-getter. I like that. I like that. Now, we mm. had a conversation off air, but mm. so before the people looking, I know they see your background and they want to know what that is before we get into it, but can you let them know what that is? Because I, I know they distracted because I was like, whoa, what's that? So... Okay, well, it's a lot of, I got a lot of background, so if you want to just, like, throw, throw a little lifeline at me, 50-50 oh, you, you have the Grim Reaper, and then you have a guy in the oh, blue, yeah. Oh, okay, oh, my, my background. Your background, oh. your actual background, yeah, sorry. My actual background, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the actual background is the cover of my book, it's titled Cutthroat, Only One Can Win, and it's uh, debut May 11th which was actually my birthday. And besides being here to share my birthday, to be here to really experience the birthday, mm. it also went number five bestseller in two different categories. Congratulations on that success, sir. Thank you. So that was one hell of a birthday present. <laughs> I could imagine. Now, those of you out there watching, we are going to get to the book. There's a few things we need to get to first, but we are going to talk about that book. So tell us more about uh, Wolfpack Family Entertainment. Well, Wolfpack Family Entertainment, it was uh, started with me and my late brother, Eric. Uh, basically, I started writing. I was an MC back in the day. To those that don't know, that's what you call a rapper today. <laughs> But uh, MC is really is the guy that really has skills. He's not just uh, saying rhyming words and getting cash. You know, he's actually saying something, reaching people. So that's the MC and a rapper, for those that didn't know. I was an MC, so I actually wrote. And uh, I spawned my brother, and I realized, He's better than me, so you know, I'm gonna let him have his lane. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm gonna let him just go, and I'm gonna just make sure he get what he's supposed to get. So I switched from being the MC to his manager. Okay. And that spawned, yo. You know what? We need to create our own thing. So that's what we did. We created Wolfpack Family Entertainment, and that was back in 2000. 
seven. Okay. Okay. Nothing wrong with uh, starting up a nice little family business, working together with your brother. That's awesome, man. Um, and I'm sorry for your loss. I, I heard you say that, you know, your late brother. So um, yeah. and we're definitely going to give you a chance to talk about him more. So um, as far as Wolfpack Family Entertainment, well, what have you done under under that name that you're the most proud of? Well, under that name, uh, I had a podcast, and uh, unfortunately, I shut it down behind the death of my my nephew. Mm-hmm. It caught me by surprise. Sorry and, for your loss. Thank you. You know, I suffered a lot of losses, but you know, I'm still here. You know what I mean? So it just. Over time, you know, you had to get yourself together, and I had to regroup quick because I still had, you know, my little ones mm-hmm. and his sister, and you know, it was just like you say, you know, you take your hits, get up, keep running, it's just like football. Oof. So you know, you talk about dealing with loss. That's that's definitely a lot of loss, and people definitely close to you. You know, for the mm-hmm. brothers out there watching. Um, what are some of the ways that you dealt with it? What were some of your outlets? Well, a lot of outlets was, you know, some would say self-medicate, but I wouldn't call it that. (laughs) (laughs) I would leave that alone. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of self-medicating. I'm not going to lie. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to front. You know what I mean? That's not what I do. You know what I mean? You ask them to give you the truth. You know, at, at a point in time, you self-medicate, but that don't cope all the time. You still going to have the problem when you wake up. Yeah. So, you know, the problem is it's going to be there, but over time, you know, you'll move on. Not saying you always going to forget because, you know, you got your your moments, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I just say it like this. You know, if, if, if it was easy, everybody could do it. Mm. But you're here, so why whine about it? Yeah. Yeah, very true. Very true, man. And thank you for sharing that. Um, And just being real and being honest, you know, I, too, have dealt with loss. I lost my dad when I was in college. Um, And I was uh, was enjoying too much liquid courage. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Some strong water. But, uh. You know, it was because I just really didn't have another way or couldn't think of another way to deal with it. But over time, I did level out. I did calm myself and find other things like exercise and meditation and prayer, you know, to get through that. But, yeah, uh, like you just said, man, I still have my moments because we loved boxing. We always watch boxing together. So whenever a good fight comes on, man, like immediately I think about my dad. Um, And I know that's going to stick with me. Not changing the subject, but we don't have to talk about boxing when we're done with this. Okay. But, uh, see, we'll see, we'll see. Yes, I do want to, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, okay, so you're a writer. Tell us about your connection to writing. You have some family ties, correct? Right, right, right. My uh, my great, great uncle. No, it's my great, yeah, my great uncle. Mm-hmm. My grandfather's brother. He had the first... Uh, Black Press in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Woo. The Civil Rights uh, Magazine. It, was a, it wasn't a magazine, excuse me. It was a paper, Civil Rights paper. And uh, I actually saw it about, I'd say about like 17 years back. And uh, it was it was pretty deep because uh, it had actual events, actual current events, like 
letting the word out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's all we had back then. You know, we TV. What they say, it won't be televised. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what we had. We had underground papers at the Underground Railroad. We had underground papers. Wow. You know? History lesson. You have a copy oh. of it, or you just saw it? I saw it, but uh, I tried to see if my cousin could laminate it because uh, he has a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So, wow. matter of fact, the crazy part about it is his wedding picture was in the, was in the in oh, the paper. What? Yes, yes, his wedding. <laughs> wow, man! Dang, you yeah. got that's some very deep and serious family history. Any other writers you know about in your family? In my family that, that know about no, not far as writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, just me, me and my brother and my nephew. That's as far as I know, you know. Oh yeah, my older brother he used to he used to be an MC too, but I don't know about as far as him writing. I know he was more a freestylist, so okay. But as far as writing, I picked it up. I picked it up in like the sixth grade. Okay. Picked, yep. It was a uh, it was my homeroom teacher. God bless his damn Miss Yannick. Uh, everybody loved that lady. She was nice. She used to have this uh, this subject called current events. Mm-hmm. It was basically reading and writing comprehension. But you're basically breaking down the story that you read in the newspaper and putting it in your own text. Okay. Yeah. So... Every every was that Tuesday. Every Tuesday when that that subject came around, I, and listen, if I ain't turned no other homework in, that homework got turned in. Let's <laughs> just say, if I ain't do nothing else, I did that. Yo, that's interesting that you say that because I I actually teach, and mm-hmm. writing was like the one thing that almost no kid ever wanted to do. There was always. Out of maybe 30 kids, you would have maybe five or six really, like, excited, enthused about it. No matter mm-hmm. what stories I made up, no matter what video I showed them, no matter what I did. Like, I, it was so hard to get them into it because writing can be very, very challenging, man. And people just get – I think people get too caught up in making grammatical errors that they're scared to just mm-hmm. let it flow. And it's like, yo, let it flow. Get your point across. You can come back and fix it later. But writing just gives you so much freedom, man. So – that's that's very interesting that you were one of the few, you know, to gravitate towards that. Now the thing about writing, though, I'm saying for me, I can't speak for nobody else. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I wouldn't want to speak for nobody else because that wouldn't make them them. That would make them me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I wanted to say is, what make what makes me write is a mood. Mm. I could throw my earphones on, have a pen and a pad, because I'll go old school. Ain't no typing over here. Ain't no, <laughs> ain't no fingers. You know uh-uh. Ain't, ain't going to be none of that. No keystrokes over here. I'm straight pen. Get my notebooks, got my dictionary, my pen and pad, my music earphones, and I'm blacking out. Whenever I feel that's what's going on in the paper, and then I'm visualizing everything. And the thing about me is it has to be real. I cannot be fake. Fake? Mm-mm. People recognize fake. Yeah. They love real. 
Yep. They recognize me. I got I, and where I come from. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> you would come out the house if you fake. You know what I mean? You know how yeah. kids come out. Uh uh-uh. uh. Who you gonna play with? Yeah. The dog. You better get in pork chop because that's the only way he coming. <laughs> you you bring up you bring up. First of all, thank you for sharing your process. Um, I've talked to a lot of writers, man. And it's hard for them mm-hmm. to just describe their process. So I know you're, you're intent and you're intentional with your process because you broke it down perfectly. That's similar mm-hmm. to how when I used to write poetry and raps and stuff like that, I would have to be in the mood. Like people were like, oh, Rob, you can rap. But I'm like, I really got to be in the mood to do it or it just it don't come out right. I'm not going to feel right about it. And I'm never going to put out something that I wouldn't stand behind. Much like what you just said with speaking the truth. And let that mm-hmm. be a lesson to y'all watching and listening. You know, when you put something out there and you portray yourself one way, you're going to meet people eventually. If you reach the levels of success that you probably want to, or you may be surprised with success, you're going to have to meet people. You're going to have to talk to people, and people are going to want to know your story. So you mm. want to be able to sit there, be cool, be be authentic with these people and not have to remember what you wrote, which wasn't real, or which, whatever you put out wasn't real. And now... Not only were you putting on a facade in your literary works or whatever work you decide to put out, now you got to do it in person. So you can't even be yourself anymore. <laughs> it's crazy. It causes too many issues. Yeah, definitely. And the one thing that we was taught early was uh, be yourself. It's cool to be different as long as you're cool while you're doing it. Other <laughs> than that, you know, hey man, be yourself. Because uh, only you can be the best you. I agree. I agree. There's only one of you. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, it. no one can be, no one's going to be better at being you than you. There's enough room for all of us to be individuals, y'all. Exactly. Brian, tell us about your inspirations. My inspiration? My inspiration, one was my mother. My mother. I, I call her my earth. Because Everything around always come back to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter where I go, I got to come see Earth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's one woman that I would stop everything for. And the reason why is she always been there for me. And when I mean always been there for me, I mean like anything I ever wanted to do. I wanted to play baseball, I played baseball. I want to play football, I play football. I want to play basketball, I play basketball. I want to jump hurdles, jump hurdles. <laughs> Her rule was, if you start it, you won't finish it. Hmm. I don't care if you don't want to play next year. But the year you start, you won't finish it. That was her only rule. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I never really wanted for nothing. So, you know, and I know where she come from. Like, she lost her mother when she was eight. She had two little siblings. She took care of, you know. She made sure they was up. She made sure they was good at school. Made sure wasn't nobody messing with them. You know what I mean? She yeah. did that. When she worked, she got paid. She made sure that they had money to do what they wanted to do. Spend. You see what I'm saying? So she was sister mom back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, man. Yeah, my earth, my earth, the truth, bro. <laughs> she sounds absolutely incredible, man. There's nothing like the love and support from a parent, man. Uh, there's just nothing like it. You know, we all know moms are special. Moms are special, y'all. Dads are special too. 
But mom just oh, yeah. mentioned <laughs> bag it, it hoes though. Bag it hoes. Like we 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 don't get the good good presents, but you know, we about that. We'll talk about that in the next podcast or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> bag it hoes podcast. You know what I mean? Oh, Why do bag it hoes? <laughs> Yeah, I, I would love to have that conversation. But be, it being Black Man Day, y'all, we gonna acknowledge the fathers, y'all. Don't we? We ain't forget about y'all. Um, now, tell us more about your brother, man. All right, my brother Eric, my partner. Uh, he he was my he was my pain in the neck. He was my the guy that used to always push you. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you can't do that. But he know you will, but he'll just get a kick out of it. He'll just get a kick out of it just to see you do it. My brother, well, the jokes the part I get from him. You know that was our attitude. You know what I mean? It yeah. was just us in the house, so you know that was our attitude. We had older siblings, but it was just us in the house. You know, so we we basically did everything. But uh, he was one of the strongest people that I ever met. Hmm. Like I ever been around. Like. I ain't never seen too many things get to him. You know what I mean? But uh, he fought to the day he died. And uh, he had a stroke and he lost feeling in, he lost feeling in his right arm. Mm -hmm. And he lost feeling in his, his left leg. And he was, I think he said he was about six credits away from graduating. Mm. So he he was in the hospital for about three months because of the stroke. He had they performed a trach on him. And uh he went to a rehab after he leave the hospital. He was, like I said, he was in the hospital six months, then he went to the rehab. He was in rehab for three months. And when he came home Everybody wanted him to rest, but that bugging, he didn't want to rest. He had to graduate. He had to graduate. Yeah. So that's what he did. He got he got back and forth to school. A couple of people that uh, he went to school with, you know, they like, yo, if you can make it to the train station, I'll pick you up. He's like I'll beat it. You see what I'm saying? He was at yeah. the train station every day. They came pick him up, dropped him back off. Somebody came and got him, took him home. You know what I mean? And he graduated. Man. You see what I'm saying? He graduated. And then three months later, he passed away. Man, um, that that's an incredible story. Again, sorry for your loss. Um, and for those of y'all out there listening, you know, this brother's story, <laughs> which you're going to get to the next part of the story in a second, this brother's story is already just already resonating with me um on a few levels but just to think about the determination your brother had man you know um illness is something i mean you can't always predict it but you know when you have an opportunity to recover it's like what does life look like after that and he decided yo i'm back to it i'm gonna graduate man where you know a lot of people man that's it like you know my father was sick before he died he had type 2 diabetes um, and he, he fought for as long as he could, man, but he got so sick to a point to where he just wanted to just stop everything. Like he was just tired of being sick, tired of not being able to do what he used to be able to do. 
you know, but with love and encouragement for our family members, you know, he had a peaceful end to his life and he definitely, he got to go visit all of his uh, family down south and stuff like that before he died. But, you know, just because mm -hmm. something happens to y'all, whatever, whatever it may be, illness, bump in the road, whatever, discouragement, whatever you want to call it, anything that gets in your way. It doesn't always mean that that's the end. We all have a purpose, and we all had that thing inside of us, man. We had that, that little voice in the head sometimes, and oh, it's yeah. like, yo, come on now. Come on. All right. We, what we doing? What we doing? So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with listening to that voice, y'all. Oh, yeah. Brian. Save you. The voice will save you. It will save you. Tell us. Tell us about your book, man. Tell us what inspired it. Tell us all about the book. We can see the cover of the book right there in the background, too. All right. Well, shoot, that's that's a story in itself. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to give you the short version, the okay. short short version, because it's a long, long version. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with this. My brother Eric. Uh, he had a incident with a police officer and it just so happened he broke something. My brother broke something mm -hmm. and he didn't do any jail time for it. He had paid lawyer and fought the case. Didn't do no jail time. So the officer said officer already didn't like that. So there was an incident that happened with a little boy running out in front of a car. Mm -hmm. He didn't run in front of a car. He ran into the car. Mm. Not like, like head on, but as the car was running by, he like ran into the so, car. Hold on, you now. disappeared. You might, need, you, you might need to move a little closer to your camera. Not that he he ran into the car, mm -hmm. but uh, he he ran like say the guard going by, you run into it like stop the die, bam! Like mm -hmm. well, that happened, and the word got around that it was a hit and run, mm -hmm. and the said officer was the head officer, and it came back that my last name and my brother's last name are the same. So in a nutshell. You can already imagine what court was like. Oof, I could. Mm, hold on, you disappeared again too. <laughs> okay. All right, so you can only imagine what court is like. Yeah. So I go to court. I tell them what happened. I had the same lawyer as my brother. Matter of fact, we shared the same lawyer. So basically, she was the family lawyer. Mm -hmm. The judge heard my side read the reports and they tried to get me to sign papers of stuff that didn't happen. I'm like, no, this didn't happen. Take this out. Mm -hmm. No, that didn't happen. Take this out. They was trying to basically have me self-criminate myself. Mm. So my lawyer basically comes to me and like, look, I can get you probation and got to do this, this, this. Because it don't look good. So I'm like, oh, I'm stuck. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sitting there with my mother. The last thing I wanted to see is her cry. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, so, old, how old were you at the time? At the time, I was 20, 29. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was 29. I was 29. Because, as a matter of fact, the day I was I went to court, 
and was incarcerated was my son's sixth birthday. God almighty. Yeah. Good thing was it took care of my son before, you know, that date, but it was it was the fact that I wasn't there that day. Yeah. That, that I still to this day, you know, it's to this day. I still feel that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not other birthdays that I wasn't there. It was just that that birthday. That birthday. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's the birthday, you know, he's about to go to real school. You know what I mean? Yep. Like like he not in kindergarten no more. He first grade and he tell him about his teacher and all that. So yeah, that that got to. Me. Yeah. So that day I, I left from jail, I was sentenced from jail. And my sentence was uh, four months to four months to five. It was five months to forty-six months, which in New Jersey is an illegal sentence. But the way the judge did it, he aggregated. He took the four and the twenty-three and made that the main, and then he added he add what they call aggregated. He added the one with the twenty-three, so the two tail numbers added up. Did he? Do you feel like he had something against you personally? Like this just sounds, you know, yes, sounds yes, like you're yes, being attacked. Hey, I, I knew that. I knew I was being attacked. I was being attacked from the time I, the officer was on the on the um, on the scene. Hmm. I knew that. We knew that because he used to make he used to make threats. Wow. Yeah, but see, we was the we was the type where really, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, we from the hood, baby. You see what we get pressured by nobody. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Like you want pressure, we're pie pressure. You know what I mean? Like that mind state still there. Don't no matter who you are. You know what I mean? Like I could change, but I could change back. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I could change, but I could change back. Hey, that's definitely. Once know you get fight mean? in you, it's always in you. So. I was born with my fist clinched, bro. I got pictures. So <laughs> let me get back to my story. Bro. But um, yeah, you know, so I knew I was being railroaded, especially when the judge said he sent me away for four years. And then you know, I had to learn to tell my mother, if it wasn't for the fact that I had a lawyer that I had, he was going to send me away for five. So once again, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like- if you want to do it, do it. You know what I mean? Don't you know? We already know from that where we came from. So when I came in, I'm thinking it's over. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I'm sentenced. I'm in the door. I got to do what I got to do to get out. Yeah. No matter how hard or how crazy that may be, I got to watch my walk. And to to a, to a degree, when I came to child the next morning for breakfast mm-hmm. i started hearing people calling my name yeah i, I never been to this job <laughs> before i never been there before so i'm standing in line i'm here yo yo boom i turned around one is my cousin barney <laughs> <laughs> two is like I say about like nine nine jokers from my town. And they all know me because well, me and my brother was a known fiction in our city, besides the fact that we used to be in front of my grand my uh, godfather's bar 
Blackjack's Lounge. We okay. used to hold down. We used to hold down the door. So you know, trying to get in there, you gotta go through us. And if you know us, then you know us. You know what I mean. You don't, then you know we gonna check you out. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, see, Jokers is like, yo, that's the bouncer. Like they telling everybody in the in the bay who the who, you know who I am. Yeah. So they like, kids, like, what you doing here? Like this ain't you. Like I'm like, yeah, I know. So speed time up, I did the first month and they basically had me in uh in general population. And after the first month, I went through I went through what they call like processing. Mm-hmm. And then they were, they told me that they was gonna send me over to the work release center, which they called the rehab, which was minimum security. Mm-hmm. Like they wasn't going to keep me in maximum. They was going to send me the minimum. So I'm excited to go through, go to minimum. Cause yeah. if it now get back to work, you can't make no money on your back in the bank. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe 20, 20, 75 cents a day. Oof. That's what you make in jail. I'm exposed because it's nasty. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nasty, bro. So, you know, and I come from, you know, my pot waking us up, like, get off your butt. You trying to get this money. You know what I mean? I come from that. So, you know, being in jail was just totally not me. You know what I mean? It's three things I couldn't get in jail. I'll tell you about those later. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> Let's just say outside food. <laughs> Let's just say outside food, whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> money is the other one. <laughs> we all have imagination. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> when did did you so this is this this book I'm assuming is linked directly to your experience. When did you when did you start working on the book? Okay. Well I'm gonna speed it up. Okay. When I, when I was supposed to go to the re, uh, rehab center, I took a urine test and came back dirty from but mind you. I wasn't, it was, came from the outside and they knew that it was on paper. They sent me to the hole. So upon going to the hole, I was in the hole for 28 out of 30 days. I came out of there, went through DNA classes, went to what they call a recovery house where, you know, I'm on the street, I'm working, but I'm, I, I got to reside here. Mm-hmm. So through that time, I was doing what I needed to do. I moved up from the bottom end on the total pole to the top. Became the house manager. Until the assistant manager realized that I was going home soon and wanted his wanted the top spot. Oh. So basically he did something to snake me out to get me kicked out, to get me sent back to jail. No. Yes. Yeah. Uh two weeks before Christmas. Of 2003. So I got sent back, which I was mad about. But before that, he had help. This is how, like, this is crazy. He had help because the people that ran the house tried to extort $920 out of me for me to stay there once I was once paroled. Now, mind you, I had a child. Right. I, I was about to get married at the time. I had, a fee, I had a finance and everything. Yes, I said that. Anyway, yeah, I had a, I had a yeah, I had one of those. So go yeah. ahead, man. 
So I was ready. I was ready. You were. You know what I, mean? I was ready. And they like, no, you're not going to manipulate the situation. I'm like, no, you're not going to manipulate the situation. <laughs> you know, that they go, y'all thinking y'all could pressure me again. You know what I mean? So, ah, no, they couldn't pressure me. So they got sent me back. And they did something sneaky. They went behind my back, called parole, find out who was my parole officer, then told them that they sent me back because I did this, this, this. While sitting there, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here waiting for parole. I, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just chilling. Then somebody asked me to read their book, and their book was kind of like corny, like it was, it wasn't corny. It, it was porn. That's what it was. Oh it was Lord, have mercy. So I, I, that was my challenge right there. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write a book better than him. And then I just <laughs> thought about an idea, and I, and I ran with it. And then I, and then as I ran with it. And just spawned to something else. So I just started to get it down on paper. Yeah. And I, I wrote the first chapter. Oh, dang. And then a couple of my boys that was on the tear would be like, yo, let me be in it. And because they <laughs> was my boys, they was from the town. I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a court, I'm gonna incorporate you somewhere. You know what I mean? You yeah. you won't be there somewhere. And it was like, all right, and then you know, I had like two. Like two, but one I grew up with, he fan, eight ball. He was like, yo, make sure I'm in it. So I'm like, yo, you know, I got you. So I made him one of the one of the characters. And his his partner, uh his partner is really his partner. But uh, you know, I just just put the earphones on and blacked out. And then I got the green sheet telling me. I'm not going anywhere for a while. Right. And that was the part that hurt because my family set up everything for me to come home, you know, and they pushed the wedding back. You know what I mean? That means I'm going to be here for my 30th birthday. So I'm turning 30 in here. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, like, I know brothers out there like I turned 30 in here, or I, I turned 14 in there. Or, you know what? Uh, suck to be you, bro. Cause I ain't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't so you know what I mean? So if you if that happened to you, I'm sorry. It may not be your problem, you know, it may not be your fault, but I ain't like that. So I'm sitting there, I got nothing but time to think and I'm mad. And then George, George White was a brother that had a cell right across from me. He was from my town. He knew my pop. He, he knew who I was. So, you know, that was like my OG. So, me, you know, I kicked it with him. And he was, he seen that I was pissed. He knew what was happening. Plus, he was going home the next day. Mm. So, you know, he was just basically trying to give me, you know, give me the jewels. Like, look, don't let that stop you. Right. Get Get back into what you was doing. You was writing a book, right? Like, do that, man. That should that's that's that alleviate a lot of things. So he left the next day. Then uh Marcelli left the day after him. The next morning I got up and I went outside. I had stopped writing for like four days. And I already had the first two chapters. Yeah, I was already in the second chapter. And then I, I went outside and I came back. 
When I came back, George White, George, I mean, James White, George's George brother, mm-hmm. in my cell. He was my he was my cellie. Okay. When I walked in, he was reading a book and he had his reading glasses on. He was sitting on his bed. So when I came in, looked up, you know, we, we started busting it up. Yeah. Found out he was he was George's brother. He was from the town. We knew my peoples, you know what I mean? So, you know, it, everything was good, like fam in the joint. Right, right. So I just so happened to say, yo, you an avid reader. He was like, yeah. I said, he said, why? I said, I wrote something. He said, yeah? I said, yeah. He said, let me hear it. Let me check it out. I said, yeah? He said, yeah. I said, it ain't done. He's like, okay. So I read him the first chapter into the second chapter. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped. And I'm like, that's all I wrote? He said, that's it? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you left a word more. <laughs> he said, yo, his words was, Man, you make a joker late for work. Once he said that, I knew I knew I had something, bro. I knew I had something. Yeah. So it just so happened I had got a job inside the inside the uh the rehab center in the kitchen working at night. When the COs needed wanted something to eat, I was responsible for hooking it up for them. But they never really want nothing to eat. They just come in and get something to drink and leave. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with my earphones, my dictionary, my notepad, my pens, and my music just going in, going in. That's right. Each night, each night I come come in, Jay is, Jay is up. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some illegal stuff. Kids, don't try this at Wait, home. Wait, don't I say it. Run. Don't say it. <laughs> no, don't say it. Up. I used to run the man up because I gotta mute you. Don't. Say He used to eat the sandwich. Get... This is what we did. But that's what we did. Allegedly. All right, go ahead. He didn't say allegedly. I said allegedly. Yeah, he said that. What he said. Yeah, what he said. Anyway. <laughs> Back to this book, man. Can you... Back to the book. He so, said, I'm going to say it I... anyway. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. You a wild guy, yo. Go what they going to do? Arrest me twice? That's double jeopardy. All right. That was a good movie. All right, go yeah. ahead. All right, okay, so every night he'll get the chapter. And not once did he ask me to change nothing or something didn't sound right. Mm. It was to the point where I'd take a nap and I'd pop up. And I jump to the pad and I just start writing. He'll just be sitting there with like, I know that's gonna be fire right there. I know that's gonna be fire. The way you popped up, bro, I know that's gonna be fire. You seen that, didn't you? I was like, yup. Seen it like a movie. And every time I wrote it and I gave it to him, he used to tell me the same thing every time, man. He's like, look, all I want is my autographed gold copy. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want. My autographed gold cop. <laughs> we, we, he knew, he knew it, it was a hit. He knew it was fire. Mm-hmm. Every night he was just like, "Yo, yo, man, you wicked with them words, huh?" Like, sheesh. Like, I'm, and I'm like, this, this brother reads all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for him to tell me that, and I know he ain't gassing me, 
You know what I mean? Because yeah, I know it's fire. You know what I mean? Like I, me personally, I knew it was fire because I was like amazing myself, but I know it wasn't really amazing. Just the way my thought process is. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that too, man, y'all. You got to be confident in your work. Whatever it is that you do, you know, obviously you want to strive to be the best at it, but be confident and be proud of what you put out, you know, and other people, some of your feedback may be positive, some of it may be negative, but you got to you gotta know what that piece means to you and what you put into that piece because everybody not going to get your artwork, but that's dope that you had somebody right there next to you to give you that feedback, especially with writing. Like, I, I know a ton of writers and... It's tough. Like, it's tough for some people, man. You get writer's block and all kinds of stuff, man. It's tough. So I'm glad you had that. Um, did you, So did you finish this whole book on the inside? Matter of fact, I started the book January the 5th of 2004. I finished the book. And mind you that I told you, I stopped those four days. Yeah. I finished the book two days before Valentine's Day. And that was just just straight dedication. Every night, I told you, every night I was writing. And during the day, I'll write a little bit, finish what I was writing at night, going into the next chapter. And it's nine chapters. I said, if I can't tell you what you need to know in nine chapters, there's no need for me to write it. <laughs> because you ain't going to get chapter 32. Like, no, in the book, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I, my brain, I'm getting system overload over here. You know what I mean? Like, where you going with this now? You know, I got the I got the premise about, what, chapter 19? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's me. I'm like, I can write a short story. I can write a series. I can write a whole bunch of stuff. But with that one, with, with Cutthroat, Cutthroat was more, I had a, a vision. I was like, yo, and without giving without giving too much away, I was like, yo, I want a family to go through something. Mm-hmm. Not like everybody else. It's like everybody else, but not like everybody else. Like in a different way. Yeah, we know about this, we know about that, but there could be something deeper. There's a message involved. Oh, there's a bunch of messages in this. It's a conversation piece. It's it's a whole lot of different things. It's a whole lot of different things. And that's why, you know, people dig it. And I, I, I dug it. You know what I mean? It was like, that was one of the reasons. Like, I had this for 18 years, bro. And I just basically sat on it. I sat on it until I met you know, somebody that, that basically got a hold of it and they was like, dude, I could punch you in your neck. How you sit on this for this long? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I said, you know why? Because I refused to put anything half out and my cover wasn't on it. And this is where Miss Pam come in. You know what I mean? This is when she came in. Because uh, 2004 was written. 2008, I got the cover. Well, got the vision of the color. And then about like two years ago, I found that picture of the cover and I colored it in, made it more defined. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they got a, uh, the blueprint was dead. And then when, you know, when a friend of mine's got a hold of it, 
and they was like, yo, when do you have this? I'm like, hold up, I got the cover. Because she was like, you got to figure the cover. I said, I already got the cover. <laughs> and I sent the cover. I took a snapshot and I sent the cover to her. And she was like, oh, wow, you can't prepare. Yes, I can't prepare. <laughs> oh, wow. Because it was already a finished product. I just needed to just get it out there. She got it out there. We went through the steps together. She was a helping hand. Shout out to Monica Reed. Um, you know, and boom. You see what I'm saying? She's like, look, here you go. And I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it, it moves so quick. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. it was like two months. Like a two-month thing. It's like once I, once we got it pressed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like the, the edit copy. Yeah. Because you know I, mean? I wanted to fine tune. It was already fine too. I just wanted to glaze it a little bit. You know what I mean? So when it got that, ran through that process, and then I put it out there, and people was like, bro, you wrote a book? And those that already knew I wrote the book thought it was another book. And I was like, no, it's the same book. So it was like, oh, okay, because they, they, they remember the book didn't have a cover on it. Yeah. Now so now you got the it. final version to share with everybody. And then I just put it up there that you go get your pre-orders and the first day the pre-orders was crazy. Man, tell us the name of the book one more time. The book is entitled Cutthroat. Only one could win. And that's true because uh, as you can look at the cover, everybody know three men spades is a game of cutthroat. <laughs> you right about that, man. I ain't played spades and, in a minute. And if you look at the cover as I get out the screen, you see that <laughs> hand right there is, that is the main character. And as you can tell, he's playing against the Grim Reaper. And if you can look at the gold shade, it says curse. So mm. I got to pick one. up my copy. I got to pick up my copy. Y'all got to pick up y'all copy, man. Brian, I only got one more question for you, man. Again, thank you for sharing your story. Um, no so much, pers- so much perseverance, man. Like, sh- like what, what haven't you gone through? But we, we, we oh, can talk man. off, we can talk off air. Cause I, I know we could talk about that for, forever. I, man. Tell you, I got shot, stabbed, poked in the eye. Ain't nothing happened. <laughs> man, tell us before I let you get out of here, man, tell us what you have going on now. Um, what would you like to promote or talk about? Okay. Right now I got, I uh, got cutthroat still. Bestseller, they do number five uh, in two different categories in urban fiction and uh, African American fiction. Like, uh, it's still selling, it's still in the top one percent of all books. Sell it, thank you, God. And if you ain't got your copy, please go out there, get it. You'll do yourself a great service. And uh, I'm proud to bring you more. It's, uh, it's going to be spinoffs from Cutthroat. But uh, that's later to come. I'm also co-author in uh, Black Men Unmuted, which will be dropping on August 8th. And um, what I'll be talking about unjust, unjustly incarcerated. So stay tuned for that. Also, 
I got the pre-casting going on for yes, cutthroat. We bringing that to the full screen right now. So, you know, if you got that bug of being an actor, actress, you know, you just just got, you know you can do it. Hey, bring your talent. Follow me on Brian Gant at Facebook or say Uncle Nitty on uh, Instagram. That's say Uncle Nitty, all one word, S-A-Y-U-N-C-L-E. N-I-T-T-I, and that's Brian Gant, B-R-Y-A-N-G-H-A-N-T, just for, you know, the people that in the back that can't hear. So. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us, and thank y'all for joining us today, man. We hope you got some gems for this. Um, we hope you learned some lessons, and we hope that this story inspires you to push through whatever it is that you're going through and to encourage someone else. If it's not you, encourage someone else to get through what they get through and make sure you connect with Mr. Brian Gant. Get the book. You want the book. You got to read the book because then when the movie comes out and everybody's like, what's this? Yo, you ain't read the book? See? See? You got to make it full circle. Then you get them to buy the book and then y'all go see the movie together. All right, y'all? Besides that, if you want to audition for the movie, you got to buy the book because I'm I'm leaving it open. What character can you bring up? There you have it. Take there advantage. Take advantage of the opportunity, y'all. We'll catch up. Was giving the opportunity right now. So, <laughs> if you think you could bring, well, if you got the book, you know the characters. It's over eighty characters in the book, bro. Yes, nine chapter over eighty characters in the book. Oof. Y'all heard so that. Everybody, everybody got a pick, man. I mean, like, even Wino, he's going to get some shine. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, look, any part is a good part, even if you don't play the lead. With this logo, this uh, merch in the back, it's going places. And you're always going to be synonymous with it. So don't be afraid. If you got the bug, hit me up. I gave you all everything right there. You can check in uh, Rob's uh, details. He'll, he'll leave it there. Yo, get at me. Let's see what happens. All right, y'all. There it is. I got nothing more for you. There's an opportunity for you. There was a story for you. And there was another strong black man sharing his experiences to help y'all out. So we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Wolf. <laughs>